Hi, my name is Nick Thompson and I run holisticvet.co.uk. We're based near Bath in England. I'm Dr. Brendan Clark. I'm based at Towerwood Vets in West Yorkshire. And my name's Dr. Connor Brady, the non-vet of the gang from dogsparts.ie. And together we are Raw Pet Medics. <laughs> We're going live. We're live. We're live. Oh, oh my goodness. We're oh, are live. They're sneaking up on us already. There we go. Oh, my goodness. They're all getting very, very <laughs> sneaky in their old age, that's for sure. Good evening, everybody. We are Raw Pub Medics. We are going to be talking about diabetes, and I am delighted to be here with Dr. Brendan Clark and Dr. Connor Brady. Without further ado, if you want to follow us on patreon.com forward slash Raw Pet Medics, uh, you'll get some of these juicy insights uh, and a little bit more after the show. So um, do join us on uh, patreon.com forward slash Uh and we look forward to seeing you there as well. But we must crack on tonight. There's loads of people joined us to know more about diabetes. So Nick, do you want to start with a little sort of into what diabetes is for the majority. Do you want, okay, I think I'm quite good at the Peter and Jane approach. Uh, Bren, you like to give us the university approach, but I think that you can't... The, the, what I say to people, it's because I'm quite a simple kind of chap, actually, but what I say to people is you can't read War and Peace until you can read Peter and Jane. Does everybody know what I mean by that? Okay, our American friends. So basically, you can't read the really complex stuff until you can do the really baby stuff. And, and when I was a kid, there was Peter and Jane. Um, anybody got any, uh, what did you, what did you learn to read on Brady? Anne and Barry. Anne and Barry. Yeah. There you go. Good Irish names. Uh, uh, Peter and Jane. Peter and Jane. Okay. Okay. So, so I think you get the picture. It's basically, it's like Peter went to the shop. Jane went to the shop. Pat the dog was at the shop. They said hello to Pat the dog. That, et cetera. Okay. Ladybird book. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant stuff. If you haven't seen them and you've got kids, then then buy them the uh, Ladybird books. Anyway, so this is the Ladybird. So why don't you want lots of sugar in your bloodstream a lot of the time? There's a thing called glycation. And basically, if you think of it, if the sugar is running around in your blood, and imagine if you've got honey in the atmosphere in your kitchen. Basically, everything gets a coating of honey and it becomes sticky and it doesn't work properly and you can't put the spoon down on the side because it sticks to your hand and your machines get clogged up with honey. And what I mean, That's what happens if you're permanently perfused with glucose. Okay, glucose, sugar, sugar, syrup, syrup, glycation. We did do a, a thing when we were talking about Shanahan. We were all obsessed, and we still are, to be honest, about Shanahan. Catherine Shanahan, her book, Deep Nutrition, and she talks about glycation. And essentially, very simply speaking, these glucose molecules go in and they just they just glue up, they gum up your protein and increase rate of aging. This is what happens. I remember Bren getting very excited about, about glycation. Um, end glycate, uh, what is it? Um, advanced glycation end products. Basically, the sugar buggers up your protein and 
you age more rapidly than you would otherwise if you didn't have loads of sugar going around. So that's why we don't like having sugar. It's the same with cats and the same with dogs. The body doesn't like loads of sugar because the body's not designed to use loads and loads of sugar on a regular basis. And the problem with diabetes, and we're talking about diabetes mellitus. Mellitus means honey, as in, uh, as in honey. And, as in and honeybees, apis now. Oh, apis oh, <laughs> mellifica. Yes, good. I yes. knew there was a. I was thinking about honeymoon. <laughs> And, and moon and and mead mead and honey and that, i couldn't get it all together in my head brain in the same t- at the same moment so um we're talking so so diabetes insipidus is where you pee like mad and you drink like mad that is water diabetes and that's a completely different system to sugar diabetes we're going to be talking about type 1 and type 2 diabetes and very simply speaking Type 1 diabetes in humans is usually young people, children, and this is where your, your, your pancreas just doesn't produce enough insulin. Insulin is there in order to pack away glucose and proteins into your tissues so that you've got good uh, uh, glucose metabolism. You haven't got all this sticky glucose running around in your blood the whole time. The diabetes type 2 in humans is where you produce some glucose and you overproduce it day after day after day because you're eating a Western diet. And so you're, you're just pushing, screaming insulin into the system. And after a while, your, your muscles just say, enough already. I've heard what you said about insulin. I'm getting sick of you screaming at me and I'm just going to switch off and I'm not going to respond to insulin. Which And what happens is the pancreas goes, the muscles aren't listening to me. I'm going to produce even more insulin. And so you get more and more and more insulin. And it's less and less effective at packing away your, your glucose into your muscles. So you get loads of insulin. You get loads of glucose. And that is diabetes mellitus. The book to read, I'm going to give you a reference. The book to read is by Benjamin Bickman. Ben Bickman, you can see him on Instagram. He does loads of Instagram stuff, loads of YouTube stuff and what have you. And it's called Why We Get Sick. And it is a wonderful description of why we get sick, because basically insulin in excess really, really, really damages your cell. It's a growth hormone and so causes problems linked with cancer and all sorts. And lots of glucose is really bad. So diabetes is is to be avoided at all costs. And this is why we love the raw food diet. It's a low calorie, low carb diet, low grain carb diet, and therefore you innately have much lower insulin and, and, and more balanced glucose. Okay, there you go. That's a little a little roundup and um that's me for a bit. Yeah. Sounds good. Um, uh, Gracie, did you get did you get that? You are a bright boy, but you, you, you yeah, you, I've, I'm got, not, I've I'm... got my I've got my head around the different two okay. different types of diabetes. I sure have. Uh, I'm not yeah. quite sure uh, if Bren wanted to elaborate on that because I think that's kind of clear enough as it is. I like, you know, straight out of the traps, you know, I see there's two different types of diabetes. And um, while the, the, I totally agree that surely, surely this is related to the Western mm. diet. Diabetes is exploding in the populations that eat high carbohydrate diets. And moreover, you can reverse type 2 diabetes by cutting out those uh, high carbohydrates. It's not just sugar, really. When Nick says sugar, he means like, Pasta essentially is sugar. Rice essentially mm. is sugar. It's not just the white granulated stuff you put in your coffee. 
that's uh, it's it's gone beyond that. It's any ultra processed white flour. That's sugar. It's just zapped into sugar in your blood straight away. Too much of that drives this this issue. And um, but here the the flip is that they would say first of all there hasn't been a concrete link to sugar the molecule yet on diabetes. This is the this is what I feel the dry food um world stands behind. And I wanted Bren to kind of talk to us about cats and dogs type one and type two diabetes. What's the story there? And then I'll come at you with my question, Nick, about sugar. Cool. Yeah, so um, it's really interesting, I see, um, because humans, we will talk a lot about type 2 diabetes just because of the obesity epidemic that um, you know, we as humans are going through. We see that in our pets, too, with all of the processed foods. And Nick sort of touched on why that might come about and actually all of the issues with insulin acting as a growth factor as well, which then sort of changes some of the fat cells, put more fat down, uh, all sorts of interesting things there. But interestingly, cats, and we're going to talk more about this on the 17th of Feb um, with the Feline Friday. So cat followers, if you want us to know more in depth, then we're going to talk about that with Dr. Amaya and um, Julianne. Uh, with regards to cats specifically, but we are going to touch on them tonight just to say cats, like humans, do tend to suffer more from type 2 diabetes, which is wonderful that, you know, they did actually produce a metabolic diet, which was higher fat, low carb, you know, good level of protein, uh, albeit a processed food, which actually did quite... Uh, a marvellous thing of improving cats to a point where you often could take them off insulin and get them back. But we saw that with raw feeding cats anyway, um, and it just reiterated that that was the right way to go for those. And so certainly I would say for cats, you know, getting them ketogenic, and this is an important point, remind me to talk about the difference between ketosis and ketoacidosis. Okay, that's a really important thing to understand about the side effects. We must talk about what can happen in diabetes symptoms. Um, but with cats, you can resolve them. And with humans, if you get them out of being obese, if you reduce their um, overdosing on sugar and therefore resensitize them to the insulin within their system, they can actually be brought back to normality without ongoing treatment. And um, now, that may mean initially they get some insulin given to them, okay, just to get them through the rough times. But ultimately, you get the weight off, you should be able to get cats off insulin and treat them appropriately, okay? As with humans with type 2 diabetes. Type 1 diabetes is literally down to either, or I was always taught, autoimmune disease or genetic traits that are there. Um, I think there's a lot about pancreatitis and inflammation uh, in there and I think that you've got a few more additions as mm -hmm. to why yeah. they're thinking about that and we'll come to that in a moment yeah um, but ultimately it is wiping out the islets of Langerhans the, the cells within the pancreas that produce insulin as a hormone okay and ultimately meaning that they will have a um, a lack of insulin in their system to be able to deal with the sugar and if you've got too much um, sugar in the diet, in addition to a lack of insulin to deal with that, of course, you're going to get rocketing levels of um, glucose and the consequences to having that. 
So did you, in your list, I think you uh, were talking about before we went live, that um, we've got a few other things that are coming in to the causes that this, that leading to uh, diabetes in dogs. Yeah, absolutely. So this is a list and I will try and post it onto Patreon. Um, and this is a 2014 paper uh, by Nelson and Roosh from the University of California and the University of Zurich in Switzerland. And it's just a nice little resume of the difference between cats and dogs. And just to reiterate, uh, uh, Brent's given you a nice little rundown there. Cats tend to get, uh, get diabetes like people. They get overweight and they get, um, they get an insulin resistance. Yeah, more and more, the, the, the pancreas produces more and more and more insulin and the, the, the tissues just go, no, I'm not listening. Okay, whereas dogs, and we don't really know why, tend to do the, the type 1 type diabetes, which is pancreas just produces less and less and less insulin and 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 thus you get this a problem with a lot of glucose in the blood both models the problem is too much uh, uh, glucose in the in the blood and this is why it's called diabetes mellitus because in the old days the way they used to diagnose it you know you'd have these people in front of you they'd just be wasting away and the way that the old Doctors used to diagnose it. Would be, they would taste urine from the client, from the patient, human patient, and they would say this urine, which normally I don't know, tastes kind of uriny and kind of slightly salty and what have you, and they would taste it and go, bloody hell, this is sweet. So that's why it was called honey diabetes. Yeah, you waste away, and you've got uh, sugar in your urine. Um, anyway. So just going back to this list. So I'm going to look at dogs. We can compare cats because I think cats is quite easy because the, the, the two lists are almost opposite. So for, for dogs, I'll give you the first four. Genetics, immune-mediated insulinitis, which is where the body attacks the beta cells, which the beta cells produce the insulin. Then we've got number three is pancreatitis, and number four is obesity. So Obesity plays into uh, 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 um, diabetes in dogs, and yet we in dogs we get uh, we get type one diabetes. Okay, whereas in 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 humans, when they put on excessive weight, they get type two diabetes. Now, we I, I'd really like to talk about that because that's that's interesting. In in the article here, they do mention that there is an autoimmune response because most dogs don't get uh, diabetes, type 1, in dogs until about eight years of age. Okay? And that's why you've had time to have really you know, poor metabolic function. And I think that increased triglycerides in the presence of high grain carb, and Connor, I'm sure you've got something to say about that, because we've been increasing the amount of, of grain carbohydrates in kibbles and things like this over the last 30, 50 years. And thus we've got increased triglycerides. Therefore, we get more stress. And for me, this is my personal theory. We get more stress on the pancreas and thus the pancreas is, 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 is more inflamed and thus is more likely to have autoimmune effects. Now, I'm sure the specialists will go absolutely nuts when I say that, but 
it kind of rings true for me. So top four for dog is genetics, immune-mediated insulinitis, yeah, so this is autoimmune disease, pancreatitis, which we know is very common and is related to high triglycerides and obesity. Whereas with cats, we've got islet amyloidosis, so deposition of fatty proteinaceous material in the in the in the pancreas, we've then got obesity. Okay, obesity and, and uh, diabetes is big with humans, and then we've got pancreatitis. So it's number three in both of the both the cat and the dog, which is interesting. And then we've got uh, hormonal disease, which includes hyperthyroidism in cats, dogs, hypo, uh, hypo. Oh no, it actually says hyperthyroidism. I think that's a typo. Because yeah, dogs very rarely get hyperthyroid. I think that's a type. I've only just seen it. We'll call it hypothyroidism because Jean Dodds, in her book, uh, The Canine Thyroid Epidemic, um, uh, she does mention that if you've got thyroid disease, that can predispose to diabetes and all sorts of metabolic disease. Um, Connor, you were saying that you've got some stats over the last 30, 40 years or so. Yeah, like you know, I think there's a I don't I don't trust a lot of the information out there on diabetes for a very good reason because you know there is a very big effort made in um the world today to <laughs> keep the idea that sugar or diet is the cause of diabetes and may possibly be the solution because there's an enormous industry around diabetes and that's just a fact. Okay, it's an extremely profitable lifelong drugs is what it's about uh, for pharma. And so if, if there's a lifelong drug to be had, believe me, the solution to that, you know, is for, like diabetes too, it's, a, it's quite, a, quite a simple it's not a solution, but you can certainly help a lot more than the drugs do. So look, I, I, before I get into the darkness, um, the, uh, here's some stats on the rate of increase in diabetes 1, which was, you know, up until recently, oh, it's just a genetic issue, it's an autoimmune disease. The prevalence of diabetes in dogs presented to veterinary teaching hospitals increased from 19 cases per 10,000 uh, in 1970 to 64 cases per 10,000 by 1999. From 2006 to 2016, 2.5 million US dogs were surveyed and it revealed that canine diabetes increased by 80% in that time. So it doubled again from 2006 to 2016. So the rates are positively exploding. Cats actually far quicker than dogs. But there's a whole cacophony of reasons of why that it might be. And there's some really legitimate ones. Nick's gone through them all. But coming back to the diet and the carb thing, it's very interesting. If you go through the literature, on a human literature, they say that there is no definite causal link between, you know, um, uh, sugar. They always say sugar, not carbohydrates, and, and diabetes too. But like the, when you look at these associations that are making these statements, um, here comes a bit of the darkness. Uh, the U.S., for example, the U.S. government were involved recently. Uh, they wanted to, there was an average, they, they said the, the Americans were eating 100 pounds, 100 pounds LB of sugar per year. And the U.S. Department of Agriculture came in and tweaked the way they were analyzing how many pounds of sugar they're eating. They dropped it down to 80 pounds of sugar. This was covered by the New York Times by Dr. Michael Jacobson, um, executive director of the Center for Science. Uh, what they found was the New York Times dug further and revealed an email from Jack Roney, the then Director of Economics and Policy Analysis at the American Sugar Alliance, this thing sounds like something run by Darth Vader, where he states, we perceive it to be in our interest to see as low a per capita sweetener consumption estimate as possible. So if you were to be a little bit of a conspiracy theorist, you'd say, oh, they really are trying to hide the sugar consumption 
and they just can't seem to find a causal link between sugar high carbohydrate diets but we know since 1970 diabetes has been exploded in the pet population exactly when obesity took off so they say that like uh, sugar doesn't cause diabetes there's no link and they, it's like standing around and saying there's an increase in car crashes and someone saying cars don't cause car crashes and you go what and they'll say well have you ever seen a car it just it just sits at the side of the road it's not the car's fault it gets in the crash it's what happened and who was driving the car and you go, well, of course, you know, that, that's the case. But to say that sugar or carbo carbohydrate, ultra-processed food, is not behind this diabetes issue, certainly type 2, is, is absolutely ridiculous. It's been hidden from me the same way vitamin D was clearly something we should have been doing during the latest crisis. And now all this huge study that came out in the last few months said it would have saved thousands of lives had this very simple approach been taken. It was hidden from us because it's a very simple, cost-free way of tackling it. And so it's, it doesn't do, in my opinion, to have a diet solution. So when I see studies coming out on, you know, uh, the obesity being very low down, obesity is well up there. I mean, if you look at the Hills Prescription Diet for uh, diabetes, have you looked at the ingredients of this? Hills Prescription Diet, bearing in mind, all the studies show the, the, more, the less carbohydrates you feed a cat and dog, the less carbohydrates you feed a cat and dog, the more protein, the better they do in terms of diabetes management. Okay, so we have those studies. And Hill's prescription diet food contains, um, listen, just listen to this spiel, specially formulated to help regulate the glucose supply. That's nice for a change. It can also support a reduction in body weight and obese cats. Oh, hurrah! After who caused it? Um, low energy food and, and this kind of stuff. So we say, what is in this magic formula that they're making? There's no available sugars in this food. So I think, oh, okay, this sounds good. And they've added in L-carnitine. And you go to the ingredients. Do you know what the number one ingredient is in this high protein, 48% protein in fairness, it's only about maybe 20% carbohydrates. 48% protein, which is a luxurious amount of protein compared to the usual crap they churn out. And what's the number one ingredient? Maize gluten meal. Maize gluten meal is an indigestible protein source. You can't, you get, it's completely not available to the dog. The bioavailability of corn gluten is the stuff that comes out in your poo that you, know, you can't digest. So they put this in there. Why do they make that the number one ingredient? Because they suddenly have to make a high protein diet. And God forbid they should give these meat eaters more meat in their diet that they could digest. They give them shit that they can't digest. So now a large portion of the protein in that food is not available to your dog. Since Crogdale et al. in 2016 showed that a lot of like 30% of the protein in puppy foods isn't available to the puppies. And they're already at the minimum intake. So that drops them below the minimum. This is dire. But I suppose in a way you want your, your animal to lose weight. That's one way to do it if 20% of it is tissue, you know. So this Hills prescription diet for which 48% protein, number one uh, corn gluten meal. Second ingredient is chicken and turkey meal, 30% chicken and turkey meal. And bioavailability of protein, how easy it is to digest, is really important in diabetes because, you know, it's digesting all this crap that they're trying to consume. The pancreas. And the pancreas is already struggling. So the dream would be the pancreas has a nice, easy to di di digest meal. And the last thing is it calls into question ultra-processed food, overcooking these foods or even cooked foods at all because it annihilates the enzymes in the food and the pancreas is struggling. So you're trying to help it, uh, give it nice meals. And the nice meals do not begin with corn gluten meal, number one, and chicken and turkey meal, number two. But it does show that they're at least reading the literature and saying high-carbohydrate diets are the problem here and the solution is clearly backing away from carbohydrates as they did. So little rant out of the way. Um, I just a lot of bullshit out there. Um, I think when it comes to this uh, issue.
breed, Connor. I see lots of people. Uh, yeah, breed. definitely. Um, so I'm just going to say again, a really good uh, uh, resume of this is the Ben Bickman, Why We Get Sick. It's all about human um, insulin and diabetes and all that stuff. We'll post that yeah. book afterwards. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's, it's a biggie. Yeah. It's yeah. a real biggie and it's a delight to read. The other one is uh, The Case Against Sugar by Gary Taubes, which is kind of, it's like the Bible. Uh, that's a really, you know, if you've got a big yeah. long journey or a holiday or something, that's the one you want to get into. It's really nice. As long as you're not driving. Uh, no, 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 no. He's, he tells a great story. He's, no, he's all right. It's Gary, I will hear no bad set of Gary Taubes. He's coming out with a new book soon, uh, apparently. Oh. Yes, oh. yes, I've got another book, oh, but I'm not no, even going to mention nice. it. We've got some great stuff to keep going after this on Patreon. So do yes, join yes, us yes. on patreon.com forward slash Royal Pet Medic if you want to know a little bit more about and hear some more Connor rants because I, mm. I see a massive raft of people <laughs> wanting to go, oh, Connor! I have um, yeah. So, But we need to touch because so many people are asking symptoms and why, people, why they get um, cataracts. So we really should touch on uh, some of the general symptoms out there. Okay. The main one, and hence the picture, for tonight which was dog drinking is just an insatiable thirst and a massive drive therefore to produce urine as the sugar sucks up the fluid out of the body in the urine so um that's going to be your number one for a really thirsty dog you know you've got loads of urine being produced and as nick says then your finger in and taste it and if it's that i was joking don't do that <laughs> how many wees do they have to taste to... like before yeah. <laughs> before they taste the sugar wheel do they have to do like five and i'll go normal wee that's normal wee taste that one. Oh yeah that's it and then oh that's sugary. diverted already <laughs> first story when we go to patreon i've got a really lovely medical stools school story remind me first one when we get to patreon i've got a really nice little story okay so symptoms uh, so that's the first one lots of drip thirst um now it has to be differentiated from kidney disease cushings uh, thyroid even i've seen dogs that get pupd um live, liver disease there's so many other things you know getting a, a you know, for females, pyometra, so any purulent um, uh, endotoxic disease that can cause problems. So please, lots of differentiation. So don't just assume that it's diabetes if it's drinking loads and urinating loads. See your vet, okay? And it is all day, Pat. But, it's an all day. Yeah. They just can't, they can't yeah. help themselves. Yeah. So, I mean, even actually, you know, we had one in the other day. Somebody came in, my dog is drinking loads, urinating loads. What was it? It was on a high, salty, processed diet. Okay, <sighs> it's just that they, you know, hadn't realised how much salt was in that particular. Couldn't believe the amount of salt that was in that diet. But anyway, that's another matter. So, um, that's the first thing. So the easiest thing to do, it's probably the cheapest thing to do, is to collect some urine, take it into your vet if you haven't got strips of your own, dip test it, and check if the, there's lots of glucose. That pretty much should line you up with, okay, we've got to start investigating why this dog or cat has loads of glucose in urine, probably diabetes mellitus, okay? And that's probably the simplest thing to look at. Um, now, be warned, if you take blood off a stressed cat, 
then its glucose will probably be through the roof just because of stress releasing uh, causes the body to release glucose ready for utilization. It is not necessarily going to be diabetic. If the urine is negative, that is not a diabetic cat, it's a stressed cat. And I have seen also if uh, dogs are fed and have bloods taken, again, especially if it's a processed diet, you will see glucose raised uh, within that uh, dog's blood. It is not because they're diabetic, it is probably because they've just been fed. If their urine is still negative, okay, for glucose, then it is not diabetic. How long should they fast so for brown? Those How long should they fast for? Uh, so eight to 12 hours. I think the easiest thing is do an overnight fast, test them in the morning. Okay. So, you know, if they've eaten their tea at eight o'clock the night before, they're going into the vets for a test in the morning. That's going to be just after eight o'clock. You know, they're not really going to be pestering you too much through the night for food. So that's the easiest time to fast them. It also means that you're unifying when you take bloods on the animal to being in the morning and therefore they are comparable every time you look at them. Whereas if you start testing at all times of day, then all sorts of things change, such as when their natural body steroids are released, you know, their normal processes. And if you add the complexity of feeding them into that, then it can absolutely turn blood upside down as far as what's going on. People have come to me saying, my dog's liver and kidneys are failing and, you know, it's steroids was through the roof. It must have Cushing's, you know, and you look at that and you just say, well, was it starved? No, I was never told to starve it. And it's like, you know, well, there's all sorts of stuff going on there. You know, stress levels, let alone all of the, um, the organs all over the case. They're just trying to help deal with the food that you've fed. Yeah. So, so if, you have, if, you, if you have the case, guys, if you, have, if, if you are looking at a diagnosis of diabetes in your, in your cat, say, start off brand, give us two minutes on what you would do with uh, diabetes in your cat, and then Nick can do diabetes in your dog, and then... Okay, uh, well, I, um, I will go very quickly on that. There is some other symptoms we need to talk about. Um, we need to talk about cataracts and stuff. Um, so you understand if you've got high glucose in your bloodstream for a long period of time, that glucose will leach out into any other body fluids, and you may find that it will build up in the eye. If it leaches into the lens of the eye, that draws fluid into it, into a relatively uh, dehydrated protein structure that makes it clear, okay? And as soon as you swell it with fluid, it will start to um, damage the cells within the lens. That can lead then on to cataract. Ah. And just swelling it will mean that the light is refracted through the, through the lens rather than actually get passing through to the retina. So they look quite blue quite quickly, and then further damage will mean that they start to scar and you'll actually get true cataracts. Ah, okay. that's but if your dog has really cataracts, it doesn't necessarily mean that they've got, they've got diabetes. diabetes. And a simple okay. urine test can rule them in, rule them out. Yeah, just as yeah. a simple yeah. thing. Okay. So back to cats. So for cats, um, if they're urinating urine... Now, one thing for cats as well is that you will probably also be monitoring and checking with something called fructosamine. This is protein-bound glucose okay uh within the bloodstream and it doesn't vary as sharply as the glucose of pure glucose level so sometimes we have to look at fructosamine levels to check if they are balanced okay rather than looking at glucose levels in that case um 
So if they've got urine and uh, glucose in the urine, they've got symptoms. If they're overweight, then we'll be strongly suspicious of um, them having type 2 diabetes. Um, if they've got no history of chronic pancreatitis or other inflammatory processes, IBD-like symptoms, so inflammatory bowel disease symptoms, then you know those would be occasions when we think type 2. If they've got those inflammatory conditions, we'd think possibly type 1. But we generally will try and stabilise them as quickly as possible, because if we don't, they are at risk of the liver suddenly utilising all of the fats to generate ketones, and that becomes quite acidotic. So it increases the um, acid levels within the blood, and that can damage the tissues and cause all sorts of problems uh, from seizures all the way through to um, you know, massive vomiting, diarrhea, dehydration. Um, you know, they can be in a really sorry way if they get to that point. So we do need to try and stabilize them quite quickly. And this is a time to sometimes have to embrace using insulin at that point, whilst we then can come in with dietary change, you know, improving the diet that we once touched on before we get too much further in, and, you know, reducing any inflammation uh, and being able to monitor carefully what's happening with the glucose so that we can start to reduce their insulin as they no longer need it. Okay, so that's a, a tapering down that level of insulin. Um, you can these days, which couldn't when I qualified, uh, start looking at their actual blood insulin levels so you can start to look at what they're like. So if they're sky high and they've got sky high glucose, okay, and fructosamine, then you look at, that's another way of telling that they are probably insulin resistant, i.e. got type 2 diabetes. That's all right. Brief. Nick, go for dogs. Okay, I'm going to do even briefer on, on dogs. If, if you've got a dog and they're drinking like mad and they're peeing like mad and um, they might or might not be overweight, then I think get to the vet, take a, a, a urine sample. If it's warm, even better. Fresh urine samples because they will degrade pretty rapidly and just say to them, you know, please can you... Can you have a look at the dog? Taste us. And please, can you um, uh, test the urine? Okay, so if in doubt, just take a urine sample. What's there to lose? Make sure that the jam jar is really, 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 really clean. Because if you've got a little bit of jam left in jam jar, you will suddenly have given your dog diabetes because there will be sugar in the urine from the jam. Just a little word to the wise, okay? So uh, I, I think it really it's as simple as that. If, if the dog is drinking like mad and peeing like mad, and there is any suspicion that I think get along to the vets. They will, with a urine sample, they will take a blood to confirm or refute the idea that there may be diabetes and they will begin a, a, a treatment with um, insulin. Because remember, in dogs, it's usually type 1 pancreatitis, which is the, your pancreas is giving up the ghost from giving, from, from producing insulin. And so you just have to, you have to supplement that insulin. It's much more difficult to treat using diet, using lots of other things than, than cats. There's a lovely vet, there was a lovely vet, he's now retired, still going. Tom, if you're watching, then, then hello to you. Tom Farrington in, in Ireland. And he said he had no cats in his practice with diabetes because he just managed weight, put them on a raw food diet and they all got better. That was his quote. But with dogs, it's, it's, it's more tricky. So I would suggest do see your local vet and get a diagnosis and then do see a local uh, uh, um, raw food vet in order to 
optimized diet. You know, everybody can benefit from having the best diet possible. And, and, and as far as we're concerned, that is a raw food diet with zero grains in it, with, with a moderate amount of uh, green and, and, and proper, fresh, highly nutritious uh, 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 vegetable material. Um, and that's the basis of it. That would, that would be my very, very simple summary. Uh, any final thoughts? Last but not least, somebody asked about why raw food feeding could still help you know, the diabetic patient, okay? And I, um, you know, they talk about increasing fiber for, you know, the conventional processed foods and it's full of, you know, undigestible stuff that delays absorption of sugars. I do use raw personally for that because it reduces the sugar load. It spreads things out. It allows them access to energy through their fat metabolism. Um, yes, using, if we add any, fiber at all, then I would tend to look at things like butternut squash or something like that as a long chain uh, fiber. But I think just making it more of a fiber source, you still need some insulin within the system for other purposes. It's another, it has loads of other hormonal activities, including growth factors, etc., for maintaining muscle mass. Um, you need some degree of glucose to create um, uh, glycogen with a stores because otherwise you'll get a really tired dog but i think the majority can be dealt with by moving them to an, a low inflammatory diet by being raw and fresh awesome i've i have got a an announcement just at the end the lovely penny said that she is once again she did she came on uh with us uh, when augustish last year um, and she is uh, pet and parent longevity.com and they are doing another pet and parent longevity summit and it's and it started I think yesterday and it's going on so pet and parent longevity.com people in that are it's all free to view so uh, it's um, it's you shouldn't miss it it's free, and Rita Hogan is there, Odette Suter is there, Julianne Lee from Adored Beast is there, and my amazing osteopath called uh, Tony Nevin is there. He's a guy to talk to. He's got some stories. And, and so that's really going to be good. So that's for you, Penny. Great stuff. Okay, guys, are we going to jump over to yes, the thing we call Patreon? I have, some, I have some darkness from the Diabetes Associations in the UK and the US. Good. I'd like to share it with you. Good. Juicy. Bad people. Well, we hope you've enjoyed tonight. Look, uh, remember, if you want to know more about Cat Feline Friday, uh, so please, if you're interested in cats, join us. Uh, also, we're going to be part of the uh, Give Cats a Voice uh, conference on the Saturday, the 25th and 26th. Um, so I'm on the 26th, I think, with Amaya. Um, so do have a look at that and we've also got the dog training college oh we've got a oh, busy yeah. February yeah absolutely it's wow great, we're isn't packing it, it in yeah, this yeah. month trying to get trying to get all oh, my, my fresh so material ready absolutely if you, if you want to find us at one of those uh, conferences or occasions please come join us um, otherwise look, look forward to seeing you next week Patreon lovers please come and join us when we release this in about an hour or so yeah perfect Take care, guys. Adios. 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 Ad
Black, 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 black